Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Good morning to you. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's so good to be on with you today. Going to have a great show. It's Friday. You made it. It's Friday. Are you already looking forward to your weekend? I'd love to know what do you have planned. I have no idea what uh, my plans are for the weekend. Uh, praise be to God. But uh, hopefully I'll just be relaxed a little bit today. We'll just see how it goes. God's will be done in all things and every time. We have what uh, just an excellent lineup today. Teresa Kamara is back on the program. It's going to talk about pro-life news. And then uh, the Hillbilly Thomists are going to be on the program. Have you ever heard of the Hillbilly Thomists? I hadn't until uh, my, uh, my producer introduced them to me. They're Dominican friars who play bluegrass music. And I got to tell you, it's a little catchy. So be, be careful. I warn you ahead of time. You may become addicted. All right. You, you find it starts with the toe. It starts tapping. And then the next thing you know, you've bought the album. It, it's just a slippery slope, and we're going to introduce you to that today. The Hillbilly Tobinist will be on our program. Of course, the whole team is here. Good morning to you, Emily Alcarez. Good morning, Joe. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Got Made any plans this week. weekend? Um, I'm going to go to First Friday Vigil tonight. Oh, wow. Very excited. You know, got to um, keep up that devotion to the Sacred Heart. And Amen. then just going to spend some time with friends. Just relax. Aren't you a college student? Shouldn't you be writing papers or something? That, spending goes, time in the that library? goes without saying. Most of my time will be in the library. <laughs> do, it, do people still spend time in libraries? Is that still a thing? Do libraries still have books? Yeah, good morning to you, Adrian uh, <laughs> Fonseca, our producer. Good morning. It hasn't yeah. been that long since you were writing papers, too, Adrian. <laughs> Uh, Adrian, any plans for this weekend? Uh, yes, I'm planning on having some uh, bourbon, bluegrass, and the Bible. So, you know. Uh, the Hillbilly Thomas ah, reference. I, I, I saw you. where you're going with that. <laughs> I see you. Uh, all right, uh, real, real quick before we jump into our breaking news and stories, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. Of course, we'll have the What's Concerning Us section. Uh, new big, huge lawsuit announced. We'll be reporting on that, plus Teresa Kamara's pro-life update. I want to mention that I'm participating in a virtual Catholic men's conference this month. And the list is pretty amazing of uh, Catholic speakers. And I want to say there's a women's version as well. Uh, but they didn't invite me to that one, uh, interestingly enough. So, But you can find information at go.virtualcatholicconference.com. Go.virtualcatholicconference.com. And I, I even believe that the actual event itself, which is February the 19th, might be free. So you might have an awesome opportunity to be inspired virtually in a men's and women's conference. Go.virtualcatholicconference.com is the website to check that out. All right, let's pray. We're bringing your intentions, uh, and I'm including those with our intentions for the show, for our equipment, for, for uh, our radio apostolates at the Station of the Cross and at the Guadalupe Radio Network. Of course, we're praying for peace in our world, our country, praying for the conversion of heart and mind on the policies that uh, President Joe Biden has implemented that are, you know, against uh, church teaching, specifically on the non-negotiable issues, praying for that, and, uh, and all of you and your families. Let's pray and ask Our Lady to intercede for us to her Son. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother, 
To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. The state of Virginia is now poised to abolish the death penalty. The state Senate's passage of a bill backed by the Virginia Catholic Conference is will would repeal the bill passed by the Senate in a 21 to 17 vote on February 3rd. All Democrats voted in favor of the bill while no Republicans did. One Republican abstained. Virginia has two people on death row currently. It has executed 113 people since the 76 reinstatement of the death penalty, more than any other state except Texas. If the bill becomes law, Virginia would become the first state in the U.S. South to abolish the death penalty. Although Virginia legislators appear set to abolish the death penalty, they have worked to expand legal and financial support for abortion. The White House on Thursday reaffirmed its commitment to funding Planned Parenthood and supporting the Equality Act, a bill opposed by the U.S. bishops. The USCCB has warned that the legislation would entrench the redefinition of marriage and transgender ideology into law. The legislation would establish new classes of protections in a broad range of areas, including public accommodations and facilities, education, federal funding, employment, housing, credit, and the jury system. Thus, people could not be denied access to a number of public goods based on their gender identity. Legal experts told Catholic News Agency that this action would bring a tidal wave of consequences, adversely affecting the privacy of single-sex bathrooms, high school sports, health providers that object to gender transition procedures, and faith-based government contractors. The Australian bishops are speaking out against a bill that infringes on religious freedom. The bishops said that a proposed ban on conversion therapy for sexual orientation or gender identity in Australia... Victoria State is far too broad and could target normal prayer and conversations between children and their parents. In a letter, they wrote, Unfortunately, this bill doesn't just ban outdated and insidious practices of coercion and harm, which we firmly reject. The bill also criminalizes conversation between children and parents, interferes with sound professional advice, and silences ministers of religion from providing personal attention for individuals freely seeking pastoral care for complex personal situations. The letter was written by both Catholic and Muslim leaders, and it said the bill uses vague definitions, ill-conceived concepts of faith and conversation, and scientifically and medically flawed approaches. And Pope Francis is calling human fraternity the challenge of our century. On Thursday, the Holy Father marked the first International Day of Human Fraternity, together with the Grand Imam of Al-Azhar, Ahmed Al-Tayeb. He spoke about the importance of human fraternity during a 40-minute online meeting organized by the Higher Committee for Human Fraternity in collaboration with the Vatican's Pontifical Council for Interreligious Dialogue. Pope Francis said, quote, Fraternity means to lend a helping hand. Fraternity means respect. Fraternity means listening with an open heart. Fraternity means defending our own convictions because there is no true fraternity if one's own convictions have to be negotiated. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Blessed Elizabeth Canori Mora, pray for us. This is one of my my favorites 
I learned of her, I don't know, a couple years ago, and I read a book on her life that is truly amazing. She was born on the 21st of November, 1774, in Rome, Italy. Born to a wealthy Italian family, when she was a little girl, she gave her life to God. She wanted to spend the rest of her life in a convent, but it was not the will of her parents that that would be her life. In fact, a a marriage was arranged for her, and uh, she was distressed by this, but she gave herself over to the will of God and accepted this. She was married to Cristoforo Mora on January the 10th, 1796. Cristoforo was an attorney, but he became very jealous of, of Elizabeth, her beauty and her family and, and very, uh, very controlling. In fact, he became very abusive. In fact, he even gave himself over to an adulterous relationship. He spent the family's money on this mistress and bankrupted the family. He would often spend whole nights away drinking and reveling and, and doing all of these horrible sins that would uh, not only commit abuse, but also just embarrassment within the community for Elizabeth and their children. They had four children. Two died very young, so she raised the two daughters basically on her own. She had to find extra work cleaning and doing all kinds of things. She she sold her family jewelry. She sold her wedding dress just to feed her two daughters. And uh, many times, because Elizabeth became a mystic, you know, she would ha- be have all these ecstasies and visions of our Lord and our Lady, and and uh, the angels would come to her, and prophecies were given to her, even ones of corruption within the church, even at the highest levels. They're very detailed. You should look them up and read them for yourself. But so uh, we would have cardinals and politicians would show up at her door to seek her advice and input, um, and. When her husband would come stumbling home late morning from his night of carousing, she would kick out these these heads of state. She would kick out these prelates out of her house because her husband was home and she would serve his needs in spite of all of his incredible abuse. She gave her life over in service and sacrifice, not just to her her family, but to the poor and to the needy, the sick. Uh, So she spent her life this way. Now, she gave herself over as a victim soul in uh, for the conversion of her husband. And in fact, on her deathbed, her husband uh, made the commitment to be converted. And he would go on after she passed in February of 1825. He would become a Catholic priest there in Italy. Pope St. John Paul II beatified her on the 24th of April, 1994. You should look up her life. It's pretty powerful. Blessed Elizabeth Canori Mora, pray for us. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 6, verses 14 through 29. King Herod heard about Jesus, for his fame had become widespread, and people were saying, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why mighty powers are at work in him. Others were saying, he is Elijah. Still others, he is a prophet like any of the prophets. But when Herod learned of it, he said, it is John whom I beheaded. He has been raised up. Herod was one of the, Herod was the one who had John arrested and bound in prison on account of Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip, whom he had married. John had said to Herod, "It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife." Herodias harbored a grudge against him and wanted to kill him, but was unable to do so. Herod feared John knowing him to be a righteous and holy man, and kept him in custody. When, when he heard him speak, 
He was very much perplexed, yet he liked to listen to him. Herodias had an opportunity one day when Herod, on his birthday, had given a banquet for his courtiers, his military officers, and the leading men of Galilee. His own daughter came in and performed a dance that delighted Herod and his guests. The king said to the girl, Ask of me whatever you wish, and I will grant it to you. He even swore many things to her, I will grant you whatever you ask of me, even to half of my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, What shall I ask for? Her mother replied, The head of John the Baptist. The girl hurried back to the king's presence and made her request, I want you to give me at once on a platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was deeply distressed, but because of his oaths and the guests he did not wish to break his word to her, so he promptly dispatched an executioner with orders to break, to bring back his head. He went off and beheaded him in the prison. He brought in the head on a platter and gave it to the girl. The girl in turn gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard about it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You ever notice uh, up to this point in Mark's Gospel, nobody except for the demons seems to know who Jesus really is? I mean, if you f- only the demons really call Jesus who he is, the Son of God. Why have you come to torment me? We've been talking a lot about that in Mark's Gospel to this point. I mean, even here, he's, he's Elijah, he's a prophet, he's John the Baptist. You know, it's kind of interesting to me that only the demons seem to figure out who Jesus is. I mean, let's not be in that group, right? Uh, we also uh, want to look at this from an interesting standpoint. This Yesterday, Jesus sends his disciples out two by two. We interrupt this evangelization mission to bring you the death of John the Baptist, something that had already occurred. It's sort of it's like a it's like a pause in the storyline here in Mark's gospel. But also notice the contrast. You you might recall that there was a, a scene very similar to this in the Old Testament, where a girl dances before a king and then has a special request because the king promises half of the kingdom. Yes, it's Esther. Remember when Esther did this in Esther chapter 7? She dances before the king. The king is pleased. He promises half his kingdom, and she asks for the Jews to be saved. Remember that? Yes, she asked for the Jews to be saved. And here we see the polar opposite. We see a girl dancing before the king, and her request is to have a Jew murdered. That's crazy. The polar opposite. Lunacy. Let's remember here, the king chose his reputation over justice. Let's not be in that crowd either. All right, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with the What's Concerning Us section. Teresa Kamara's on the show. Pro-Life News coming up next. We'll be right back. Protestants believe the Bible is the only source for determining Christian truth, a doctrine called sola scriptura, which is Latin for scripture alone. Is this true? The answer is no, and here's the reason. It's self-refuting. Since knowledge of which books constitute Scripture is a Christian truth, Sola Scriptura demands that the Bible tell us what Scripture is. But guess what? It doesn't. The Bible never tells us which books God has inspired. So if Sola Scriptura were true, well then we'd have to deny our knowledge of what Scripture is. But that's self-refuting, my friends. The only way to have such knowledge is if Christ established an infallible church to tell us so. But Protestants reject this idea, leaving us with an infallible effect, knowledge of what Scripture is, produced by a fallible cause, the Church. 
which is absurd. Solo Scriptura is definitely not a doctrine that's compatible with reason. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Hi, this is Dave Palmer inviting you to join me and Cecil Anderson each Friday at 4 p.m. Central, 5 o'clock Eastern Time for a new program here on the Guadalupe Radio Network called Back to the Father, which is based on the teachings of the angelic doctor St. Thomas Aquinas in his Summa Theologia. Each week we talk about how a life focused on our final end is a life that is more joyful and more hopeful as we journey back to the Father. Please join us this Friday at 4 p.m. Central here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's so good to be on with you. Praise be to God in all things. By the way, coming up, I don't know, 17, 18, 20 minutes or so from now, uh, we're going to be speaking with the Hillbilly Thomas. Have you ever heard of the Hillbilly Thomas? Uh, it's an incredible group of uh, Dominican friars who play bluegrass music, and I think it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be a fun conversation for sure, but it's going to be a little addictive. So just fair warning, your toes may start tapping this early in the morning, even without coffee. So, uh, you know, check that out. It's coming up. Uh, there's a couple of stories I want to mention very quickly here before we jump into our conversation with Teresa Kamara uh, in the What's Concerning Us section. There's a brand new, huge $125 million lawsuit that got filed against the Vatican and uh, the Archdiocese of New York from a former seminarian about uh, sexual uh, alleged sexual abuse. So we might discuss that in greater detail in the after show of today's program. I might read the uh, sort of the news release on that to give you some of the details. Then there was another story that kind of caught me way off guard today. Uh, LifeSite News reporting, uh, and I think Adrian uh, verified this, in fact, uh, Catholic Laudate app hosts reflection honoring Kamala Harris of all people. In fact, it places Kamala Harris in between, uh, what, who did we say, Mother Teresa of Calcutta? Yeah, it said Teresa of Calcutta, Kamala Harris, and Teresa of Avila in that order. Um, this is the Kamala Harris that railed against the Catholic Church uh, in those uh, you know, judge hearings, right? This is the Kamala Harris that supports, is endorsed by Planned Parenthood, uh, and she gets a place in between Teresa of Calcutta and... Uh, Teresa of Avila. That's rather insane. That's rather insane. Uh, Laudate app. I'm deleting you from my phone today. All right, we might discuss more of that in the after show as well. But joining us live in studio right now is our pro-life uh, analyst. What did we? What was your? What did we? What did we come up with officially? I can't remember. Pro-life analyst, expert I like, witness. I like pro-life analyst. Okay. Or pro-life witness. We'll go with pro-life witness. Teresa Kamara here from HoustonCoalition.com. Good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. It's well, good to be here. Yeah. Praise be to God. Uh, so, pro-life news. Did you hear yes. that about about the Laudate app? I did. I did, and I was shocked. It's shocking. Yeah, because the thing is, Kamala Harris has been so vehemently against the life issue. She doesn't just promote groups like Planned Parenthood. She goes after, she went after, she, like she was the catalyst that investigated David Daleiden and actually went and t removed yes. the, oh, yes. the equipment yes, from his home. So she took a private citizen journalist's materials, his equipment, and started the case against him, which now he's at risk of, um, I believe, up to a decade in prison um, in San Quentin and also $13 million dollars. 
as far as their yeah. whole group. And it's like she she went after crisis pregnancy centers back in 2015 yeah. um, with the FACT Act and was trying to um, require that pregnancy centers have in 42, uh, 42 point font. 42 point font. 42 point font. It had to be uh, all of the local, um, all of the regional languages, they had to pr- basically advertise for an abortion. And so, and that they say that they did not do abortions at that location. And it was like, in certain counties, there are over a hundred different languages. I mean, they have wow. an entire wallpaper wow. to be able to comply. So they, the objective, of course, was to shut down crisis pregnancy centers, which fortunately we're seeing the opposite effect at the state level where Arkansas has recently passed through the House, um, the Every Mom Matters Act, Emma, which will provide information uh, regarding crisis pregnancy centers and resources in the area in case she wants to choose life. So she doesn't feel like she is forced or trapped into an abortion. She actually can see the resources that are available. Um, it has already passed through the House and hopefully will also through the Senate. And so, yeah, so we're seeing wow. that positive reality, but in, at the state level, and hopefully we will continue to do that. Um, I mean, we've been we've talked before. I know we mentioned last week, actually, that Biden had repealed the Mexico City policy as of January the 28th. That was last Thursday, yeah, which was very devastating as far as the promotion of abortion around the world using taxpayer funding. And over 77% of Americans do not want to have taxpayer funding. By the way. Even if they're for abortion, many people are like, I don't want to use my money to pay for your right. for your problem. And and the thing is, like, and it is, it's not just a problem. It's, it's a child that's dying here. We're going to have uh, Ambassador Alan Keyes, who played a massive part in making the Mexico uh, Mexico City policy happen at all. He's going to be on the show on Tuesday. Well, I know it was first put in place during the Reagan years. He's the, Reagan the one who made that happen. That is awesome. I'm, I'm going to have to tune in for that. Yeah, so that's on Tuesday. We're looking so, forward to it. Yeah, well, it's super exciting. And also um, at the state level, uh, we are also seeing other successes. So um, the Kansas Senate passed value them both, which now that means that um, voters in August of 2022 will be able to vote on whether or not the Constitution for the state of Kansas will actually uh, include the wording, quote, the Constitution of the state of Kansas does not require the government funding of abortion and does not create or secure a right to abortion. So that's really critical. We're going to see a whole lot of states that are going to be starting to push this no right to abortion. And that's going to be key for our medical professionals. Because the thing is, if a woman is say, can say, I have a right Mm. to an abortion, then that can force the medical professionals, even if it's against their conscience, to actually have to perform the the procedure. And so that is ex- incredibly dangerous for our medical professionals. And fortunately, in Argentina, where they had recently passed a law that said that they would that there was a right to an abortion. And so there would be other countries that would probably be seeing their their women going to Argentina um, there is now Judge, I hope I pronounced this correctly, Judge Marta <laughs> Alker, um, who um, said that that is not that's not going to pass. Like that's that doesn't that won't stand um, because there is a right to life for the unborn child. And so, fortunately, we are seeing protection for the unborn there. Also, um, we have already seen this pass here in the U.S. Uh, all the way through with Louisiana back in November of 2020. 
Um, they had passed the Love Life Amendment, which said, quote, nothing in this constitution, being the Louisiana state constitution, nothing in this constitution shall be construed to secure or protect a right to abortion or require the funding of abortion. And actually, I believe it was Iowa. Let me double check my note real quick. Yes. So Iowa actually recently uh, passed through the House an even stronger language so it doesn't just address the right of abortion. It doesn't just require require that public funding of abortion does not have to be does not have to be enforced. Mm. Um, but also, it declares the unborn child. So it's this is their this is their language to defend and protect unborn children. We, the people of the state of Iowa, declare that the Constitution does not recognize, grant, or secure a right to abortion or require the public funding of abortion. And I would direct people if you're interested in reading about more states. On that um, Catholic news agency put a, a fabulous, a fabulous article which I link, which I sent to you, Joe, so you can link. I'll it. link it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I'm very excited about that particular um, development. Also, we're we're likely to see a whole lot more as far as heartbeat bills, where states are going to be um, like South Carolina, which I know Emily actually covered last week. Um, the South Carolina and um, passed a heartbeat bill, which will ban abortions once there's a heartbeat detected. Um, we're going to see more of those going into play. But the thing is, what's, what states need to realize and what people need to understand is as those are going into place, the wording needs to include something about as soon as Roe v. Wade is overturned or as soon as Planned, Par- uh, Planned Parenthood v. Casey is overturned, mm. unless... Unless they want to challenge those two laws, because the reality is it depends on the Supreme Court as to whether or not those two can be overturned, because precedent has been set so that way women cannot. So states cannot ban abortions before 20 weeks unless they show that a woman is being harmed. Now, good news on that front. While while abortionists terribly cannot do not are not required to um give information about the harm that's being done by abortion we are now seeing abby johnson coming through once again uh, she has she is um, working with the saint thomas more society um and she's going to be um encouraging women who have been harmed by abortion to actually um, make their voices known mm. so if you have been harmed by abortion and you want to connect to abby johnson she is now going to be um, working with women, I believe the 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 new um, program is called Hurt After Abortion. But you can look up Abby Johnson on Facebook and look up you know after abortionworker dot com, and you'll be connected to her whole entire series of networks <laughs> that she has now begun after leaving Planned Parenthood. Um, and so hopefully we will see from these cases that are brought forward um, and these women who are complaining, we will be able to start seeing this legislation that will help and wrote because that's really going to be the linchpin so a lot so please pray for these women um, pray for the men who have been hurt by abortion because the reality is it's it takes a lot of courage to come out and say i was wrong and i was hurt and i you know and to have to revisit all of that pain as they're going through you know this case so so please pray for them that's going to take a lot of courage and actually speaking of courage um, <laughs> bouncing around. I know, speaking of courage, um, I really want to encourage all of you to come out to the sidewalk. Um, this is going to be, we're coming up on the 40 Days for Life. Um, and so 40 Days for Life begins on Ash Wednesday, 
which I believe is next Wednesday. It's that Wednesday or the Wednesday after. I'm, I forget what day the 17th is. But so as far as the um, so come out, you know, look at 40daysforlife.com. They have slash. a list of all the campaigns. Uh-huh. So all the locations all anywhere locations on planet around Earth. Around the world. Yeah. Yes. And so and they've seen over 18 thousand women choose life i know in the houston area alone we have seen over 100 choose life every single campaign wow campaign after campaign after campaign i want to say was over the last five years at least yeah um i need to double check that but i know at in at, in houston we we do have the benefit of having that mobile crisis pregnancy center where we're just this month we are at 10 years uh 10 years old for the first mobile crisis pregnancy center in the state of texas and we just hit our 10,000 women choosing life mark. So wow. we're super Praise excited God. about that. And, and it's because of people like you on the sidewalk. So please come out. Um, it is because of you that the marches were such a success. There were Bring over- your families with you. Yes. yes. Because, because of y'all, um, this past month, you know, in January, we saw the march uh, on the West Coast had over 2,500 people. I'm sorry. Yes, over 2,500 people participating. There were thousands watching online um, for the March for Life in D.C. and so many people that were able to be there in person, including Abby Johnson and uh, Kristen Hawkins and and uh, actually also Bishop Coffee. I was super excited. If you get a oh. chance to go back and and watch the interviews uh, that were done with uh, Catherine Hadro on EWTN, Bishop Coffee was out there and he shared how he actually got involved doing the march back when he was in high school and now he's a bishop and wow. he's still Very out there cool. marching. And I was like, <laughs> so so even if you feel like, oh, well, you know, I'm I'm chaperoning these kids, maybe these kids will be, you know, they'll grow up and they'll be religious and they'll be, you know, maybe another bishop. <laughs> wow. So we got to keep on praying. All right. Well, yeah. And and so come out and join us and uh, we're excited praise be to god be involved still (laughs) that's going to do it for the what's concerning us section Teresa kamara houstoncoalition.com thanks for being on the program yes well thank you for having me all right praise be to god if you can look up 40 days for life find a campaign near you they're everywhere what an opportunity to witness for the beauty and the dignity of the human person at conception don't go anywhere the hillbilly thomas are coming up after the break as well as breaking news and stories with emily we'll be right back with more catholic drive time This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, Oh, another birthday. They actually object to celebrating their birthday. G.K. Chesterton says, A man's birthday reminds him that he is alive, when his immediate fears would only remind him that he is at work or at play or in business or in debt. Your birthday is a chance to celebrate being born. And being born is a reason to rejoice. The best birthday gift any of us has ever received was the first one, the gift of life itself. Chesterton says, Every time a baby is born, it is as if God has created a new sun and a new moon because there's a new soul gazing out at creation. So, happy birthday. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. 
Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Friday, February 5th, and these are your headlines. President Joe Biden's transgender agenda is posing a problem for religious freedom and privacy. Ryan Anderson, president of the Ethics and Public Policy Center in Washington, told the National Catholic Register that Biden's executive order is instructing his agencies to now treat sex as gender identity. They're going to reinterpret anti-discrimination law that says you can't discriminate on the basis of sex to now mean gender identity. So whereas you could have separate homeless shelters for men and women, you now would have to do those based upon the self-declared gender identity of the individual. Dan Balserak, Religious Liberty Director and Assistant General Counsel at the USCCB, told the Register that Biden's day one executive order signals pretty clearly that we can expect quite a bit of action from the executive branch that enacts a view of human sexuality that is contrary to what the church teaches. A former seminarian of the Pontifical North American College in the Vatican has filed a lawsuit in New York naming Cardinal Dolan, along with the rector and vice-rector, in allegations of clerical sexual misconduct and cover-up. The former seminarian, Anthony Gorgia, is suing for $125 million. The lawsuit was filed early yesterday and was reported on by our correspondent in Rome, Brie Dale. In his general audience on Wednesday, Pope Francis spoke about the importance of liturgy in the life of faith. The Holy Father emphasized that it is essential for Christians to participate in the liturgy and the sacraments to encounter the real presence of Jesus. He said, quote, A Christianity without liturgy, I would dare say, is perhaps a Christianity without Christ. The Pope's comments come at a time when public worship remains suspended in some parts of the world due to the ongoing pandemic. And Super Bowl 55 is happening this Sunday evening with the Tampa Tampa Bay Buccaneers squaring off against the Kansas City Chiefs. Bishop Gregory Parks of St. Petersburg and Bishop James Johnston of Kansas City, St. Joseph, announced their wager on a February 2nd episode of Conversation with Cardinal Dolan. If the Kansas City Chiefs win, Bishop Parks will send hand-rolled Tampa cigars to Bishop Johnston, while if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are victorious, Bishop Johnston will send Kansas City barbecue to Bishop Parks. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Barbecue is the really only true option there out of those two. Uh, but you don't have to watch Super Bowl, trust me. It's Just go for the barbecue, it's better. All right, thank you, Emily, for reading the headline news and keeping us updated on all of that. I want to mention real quick before we jump into our conversation that uh, we've been adding more content and information to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Great spot to go to. For information about the program, you can get the audio podcast, so you can listen to the back catalog. Uh, if you just want to listen to that, you can get that there. Soon we'll be up on iTunes and Google Play and Spotify. We'll have the podcast up there. But you can find it on our webpage. You can also get the videos broken down by category now on our webpage as well. So check that out, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And I'm still giving out that free talk from Father Bill Casey from the Fathers of Mercy called the State of the Union, the Church and Society. You should check that out. You can watch it for free today. All you have to do is agree to let me harass you in your email inbox uh, at least every week. And uh, it's a fair deal because we have some pretty cool stuff coming in the holy season of Lent, and I want to inform you about that, and we'll do that by email. So check it out, grnonline.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Now here, have you ever heard of the Hillbilly Thomas? Check it out. Check this out. Oh, God, come to my assistance. Lord, come to my help. 
The Hillbilly Thomas are they're a band of friars of the Order of Preachers. They're Dominicans, and they put out an album, I think it was 2017, uh, that reached number three on the Billboard Bluegrass charts. I mean, who knew? Praise God. Uh, and they've recently come out with a new album called Living for the Other Side, and it's been released on the feast day of St. Thomas Aquinas, and they allegedly uh, say that St. Thomas is the original Thomist. Who knew? Uh, praise be to God. It's good to, it's good to have the Hillbilly Thomas on Catholic Drive Time. Good morning to you, I, Father Joseph Thomas White from Rome, Father Joseph Hagen from New York City, and Father Justin, uh, is it Bolger, from Providence. Uh, praise God. Good morning to all three of you. Thank you for being on our program. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Musicians don't have much to say, I guess. Well, praise God. Uh, so, is this the whole band, or is this is this half of you? How many more are in the band? All right, there are about eight of us in the band. We're going to have to uh, assign. So this roles. is only a, this is only a, this is only a representative group, and of course, we have a lot of different instruments. We have uh, slide guitar, uh, mandolin, standing bass, banjo, uh, ordinary acoustic guitar, drums, spoons. So there's a, there's a lot of people involved. <gasps> he brought the spoons. <laughs> he brought the spoons. All right, well, let's, uh, can we get, <laughs> which of you could ready. tell us about the history of the Hibbley Thomas? Uh, what, how did you all get started as a group? What prompted you to do this? Why Bluegrass? Who, which, th- which of the three can give us the background? Well, I mean, it started in part because I'm, I'm the older guy here in, in the band and because a couple of us entered about uh, 15 years ago and started playing bluegrass music just as a hobby. And then we got an uh, influx of uh, young musicians, uh, some of whom were professional, like Father Justin, who was a professional musician before he entered. And we have a lot of people in the band from the kind of south of Mason-Dixon line area. A lot of them have uh, music backgrounds. So um, we started playing and it got more sophisticated. And then we were making, there were sacred music albums that were being made in the House of Studies in Washington, D.C., but then after some years, we decided we might try a, a folk bluegrass album, and that really took off. So then the band kind of organized a little bit more in light of that and started producing music. We're talking with the Hibbilly Thomas, uh, and uh, this is a very interesting uh, interview because I had never even heard of the Hibbilly Thomas until my producer, Adrian, shared your music with me a few weeks back, and uh, I, I I put it on YouTube, and and I uh, was starting to listen, and I was like, this is addictive. I mean, it uh, <laughs> you know all of it, it starts with your toe moving this slightly, and the next thing you know, you're like listening to the whole playlist. It's per, it's rather insane. Um, but so you said south of Mason Dixon line. So did all three of you have just sort of a history personally with bluegrass music? I mean, I grew up in the south as well. But I didn't have a strong connection to bluegrass music. Was it just you grew up with this music and it just became part of who you are as a person? Well, Joe, first of all, you can you can work on choreographing some dances to the album if you want. I don't know yes. that anybody would want to see that, Father. I just, I, I'm pretty yeah, sure that we haven't started that yet. Revolt so. most of your audience if if that happened, but that's okay. It'd be good penance anyway. <laughs> Uh, so what yeah. is it about bluegrass in particular, besides, you know, where it comes from, the South? What, what is it about bluegrass that is, uh, it starts the toe tapping? What is it about this music that seems so compelling that you, you might uh, also use it in order to communicate, uh, you know, these religious and inspirational themes? Well, I mean, look, in the tradition of bluegrass, there is a kind of confessional aspect. So, I mean, one thing about it is it's got this kind of connection to life felt 
uh, sentiments of suffering or uh, perseverance, pilgrimage, uh, kind of trusting God. You've got a strong kind of uh, Protestant tradition there from Appalachian music onward. And then the other side is it's just energetic. It, it expresses joy. Uh, it allows a lot of people to play together. So, you know, it's very good for our kind of fraternal setting because you got a lot of people playing. It allows um, you to pass around the solos because, you know, you got these rapid solos going from one person to another. And it, it just expresses another side. It's not, obviously not litur liturgical music. That's that's solemn music. But it expresses another side of our life, which is kind of joyful, communal, um, trusting uh, in God and uh, inviting. So it's it's another way to kind of, uh, I don't know, present the religious life to other people, to people in an informal setting. Right. And I can see the influence from the divine office in there. Like, for example, in the songs, come, God, come to my assistance, Lord. Yeah, that's from the divine office. So is that does your daily prayer schedule, does that sort of influence the lyrics and the artwork? Um, yeah, I mean, it certainly did for that song. And in the divine office, we're praying with the scriptures. So I think that, um, yeah, the scriptures definitely form our tunes. Some of the songs that, that I wrote for this album take their um, take the lyrics or the story or the theme directly from scripture. So, so yeah, I would say that's true. So do you write most of the music, Father Justin? Um, well, for this album, Father Thomas Joseph and I kind of split the songwriting duties. But yeah. Can, can so, you... And uh, yeah, something Father Thomas Joseph was saying was how it's um, kind of a lively genre. It's It's confessional. <laughs> Um, it's about the faith, but I think something uh, great about it too is that there are all these wonderful old-timey songs that that we can kind of go back and you know um, sort of reappropriate, hmm. do our own version of. But it also admits of um, songwriting, so you can you can just write very very simple but beautiful songs in this genre. I think so. Father Thomas Joseph and I uh, are both songwriters. And we had a handful of tunes, so we uh, kind of sat down and we'd arrange them, and it, it sort of worked out for this album. I was just thinking as you were talking, Father, about Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, the Soggy Bottom Boys, and how that song captivated uh, you know, people who, do, who don't listen to that music normally, but it really captured their attention, and people were listening to that song over and over again. I feel like there's a similar uh, thing going on with your music and your album. Uh, we want to play another clip, but we're going to have to do that on the other side of the break. We're going to take a short break. We're talking with the Hillbilly Thomas, Father jo uh, Thomas Joseph White, Father Joseph Hagen, and Father Justin Bolger. And we're talking about their newest album that's out, and you can find more information over at thehillbillythomas.com. We'll link to it, of course. But we're going to play another clip on the other side of this break and continue our conversation. The Hillbilly Thomas are on the program, and we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. Through our Lenten fasting and prayer, we learn how to control ourselves and thus give ourselves more freely to others. And since we have all been called to the married vocation, the first people we need to give ourselves to is our family. Instead of giving your family what you owe them, lavish them with love above and beyond what they deserve, as our Father does with us. The first person to love lavishly is our spouse. Take time to ask them how you can show mercy to them this Lent. Learn how to love them even more. Maybe rid yourself of a habit that they find annoying. These habits may not be wrong, but it shows that you're ready to give above and beyond what is required. You can also create healthier habits regarding things that are not desirable for your family. 
Maybe it's refraining from negative humor and sarcasm. Maybe it's not raising your voice. Making a resolution to change how we relate to our family is an effective use of time this Lent. Maybe even more than giving up chocolate. For more inspiration and encouragement, visit MessyFamilyMinute.org. The universe is filled with order from top to bottom. And it's a beautiful order. And not only is it beautiful, it's order that we can actually comprehend. And it's almost as if we have been made to be able to comprehend that order in the universe, to be able to contemplate it so that we can see maybe that purpose behind it. Please visit Father Spitzer's website, magiscenter.com, to watch this beautiful and important video about purpose and God's creation. That's magiscenter.com. The Hillbilly Thomas are our guests today on the program. Father uh, Thomas Joseph White, Father Joseph Hagen, and Father Justin Bolger uh, all make up at least a portion of the Hillbilly Thomas, which are Dominican friars uh, that uh, make it to the tops of Billboard charts. I mean, who knew? Who saw that coming? And I wonder, uh, fathers, did uh, Father, uh, let's talk to you, Father Justin, uh, uh, Father Joseph Hagen. We haven't heard much from you today. Uh, did you expect to reach it to the top of the bluegrass charts? Was that surprising, or were you like, no, our music's pretty good? For me, it was a complete surprise. I mean, maybe Father Justin has more, you know, background in music making, but uh, for us, it was like we we were at the in-house band, and we just thought, let's just record it, have some fun. We were, we were just trying to make a little bit of a fundraiser. Like, we, we used to make calendars, and then we started making chant albums, and then we're like, okay, well, let's just make, you know, a bluegrass album to see if we get enough money just to get some food on the table. And I don't think we really even advertised it. We just sort of sold it at parishes in D.C. And people were like, whoa, that was better than expected. <laughs> I think that I think the joy and the fun that you're all having really comes through in the music. And I was just wondering, so for, for those who are not familiar with the term, where does the name Hillbilly Thomas come from? It's a term that was used by Flannery O'Connor, the great Southern Catholic author, about her own work because she said that uh, secular literary critics thought that she was a hillbilly nihilist, but in fact she said she was a hillbilly Thomist. Uh, and so since we were a bluegrass band with Southern roots and we were uh, all because St. Thomas Aquinas is a Dominican and we, you know, study Aquinas, maybe teach Aquinas, so we thought it would be appropriate to call it the hillbilly Thomists in sort of honor of uh, Flannery O'Connor. Uh, now, Father, the um, the I had a question about the about y'all. For instance, uh, whenever we, I was actually me and Emily both were in the novitiate, or I was in the novitiate. We she was a postulant yeah. with the Dominican friars. I was with the Eastern Province for a few months this last uh, summer, um, and we would constantly listen to the hillbilly Thomas uh, as we were doing the dishes. And uh, some of the novices <laughs> that are still there uh, were kept making their own band of uh, of playing music. We had a violinist a banjo player, uh, and a singer. And they were, we were having our own little hillbilly Thomist over there. And I was just wondering, how does this uh, create in the atmosphere of community life? And uh, I've seen videos of y'all going out and playing the music for others, and it, yeah. it's so much fun. It really and, uh, fosters can, creativity. Absolutely. Yeah. Could you speak on uh, how that fosters um, a community life? 
Um, yeah, sure. So I think uh, what Father Thomas Joseph was saying earlier about how this genre of music is conducive to a lot of people playing at once. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can have, you know, 50 guitars going at once. It doesn't sound good, but you can do it. <laughs> um, and, uh, and it's joyful. So one thing that we've done uh, in D.C. is to just take some instruments out, go downtown, uh, play some music at a busy part of the city, and, um, and then other people go and, and just speak with people, evangelize a little bit, pray with people. So there's something, uh, yeah, very communal about that. Again, we are, we, we can preach with it that way um, when we do activities like that. But I think even the, um, the music itself evangelizes, preaches, and does so in a communal way as well, just because of the themes. Now right? it, so, yeah. Sorry. Now it seems like this album has more originals than the previous one. Is that true? Mm -hmm. That is true. You're, you're just so they're going to be very humble about it, but you're talking to like the Lennon McCartney of the Hillbilly Thomas here with Father <laughs> wow. Thomas Joseph White and <laughs> Father Justin. And, and actually, here, here's yeah, one thing. Joke. <laughs> and here's one thing to also know is like they brought these songs to the brothers, and some of them we sort of changed a lot right in front of their faces. So Ouch. Father <laughs> Thomas Joseph White brought like a nice Appalachian sound with um, Chasing Money No More, and we like. Dressed it up like a Mick Jagger song. So he, he watched. He watched his creation change. Father Joseph, Father Joseph is a drummer, so he has an invested interest in chanting. <laughs> I mean, other... I think, if I could just say, I think you know, Justin wrote some song. I mean, one song I just like to point out. I know you didn't play it here, but I think people should listen to it. Is um, "Lead Me by the Hand." I mean, that that there's a very deep song about uh, feeling disoriented, trying to find your way feeling like you're sinking in life, finding uh, your path toward Christ. But it's it's like written in a really haunting way. It was sung by one of our, uh, the brother in the, in the band who has the deepest voice, Tim Danaher. And it's not like he's trying to imitate Johnny Cash, but there's just a little bit of that in it. And so, you know, you have some very stirring, uh, deep lyrics and some very moving um, songs. And I've played some of these songs for people here. I live in Rome. I've played them for like religious sisters. And you know, young people who have a sense of contemporary music. And they just like, you know, I played them that song and they just said to me, you know, wow, that is just like incredibly moving. So I think there's some really uh, stirring um, testimony, but it's put in such a way that it's not dry. It's uh, kind of engaging. Uh, now, Father, I, the one thing that I often hear whenever I show people the uh, y'all's album is, should Dominican friars really be playing bluegrass music? <laughs> is that really appropriate for them to be doing that? And aren't aren't those songs like Protestant songs? So, how would y'all respond to these uh, to these accusations uh, in classic Thomistic fashion? <laughs> classic. Well, first Thomistic. of all, I, I got to go back to one thing. Sorry to evade the question, but. Um... <laughs> No, you're, you're saying, wait. He's Father a true Dominican. Joseph, He's evading the question. Yeah. McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, up here in Providence, when I first got here, people were like, oh, Father, uh, you're not like related to Whitey Bolger, are you? Ouch. <laughs> I said, no, no relation. Uh, but, you know, if you think about it, White, Whitey Bolger, you know, so we're the, we're the Whitey Bolger of Dominican bluegrass. Fans on the East Coast. 
So I feel very dangerous. This conversation went south real quick. We're actually talking about the Northeast. Come about the Deep South. See, he's already thinking of his next lyric. I was just gonna say, the the, you know, look, I think it was about bluegrass and musicality. I think a lot of people have had. Uh, experiences of folk music in the mass, and they're thinking that that's it's just more of that. I, I don't. That's not our. Um, that's not really our sensibility. We, we are formed in an, a liturgical tradition that's more traditional with a lot of Latin. But uh, life is not only music in the liturgy. It's also um, you know music as a, a way of resting, of celebration of life, uh, community activities, barbecues. Uh, and also just kind of personal creativity. It's kind of like uh, just some people write poetry or read books and some people, um, you know, study physics and other people write music. It, so you have to have a kind of balance in life. And Aquinas talks about this um, where, where there's the, the sort of virtue of rest and playfulness and knowing like when to rest and how to rest well. So I think, you know, part of the celebration of bluegrass is, is kind of knowing how to rest well. And you know, just add, you know, part of modern life is you got to drive places. And when you got to get somewhere fast, you know, playing bluegrass music really helps you. Uh, it's good music to drive by. So, yeah. you know, I just say that there's also that aspect. It does. We're talking with the Hillbilly Thomas, uh, Father Joseph White in Rome, Father Joseph Hagen in New York City, and Father Justin Bolger in Providence. Uh, about their latest album, which, again, we're linking to this, uh, the Living for the Other Side. And there's uh, about 14 songs on this list. Fathers, uh, you know, and uh, I guess... We'll ask you, Father Justin, first, uh, what is your favorite song on this album? Um, my favorite song, well, you know, the uh, the last song is a song I found called Just As I Am. And it was written by someone named Charlotte Elliott, uh, a Victorian lady. And uh, the lyrics are just, they're very beautiful. They're very simple about coming to to God just as you are. I think they're kind of Theresean too. You know, they kind of remind me of St. Therese, who um, Father Joseph Hagen really loves and um, can preach on very well. But uh, so I set that, those lyrics to my own music. And it's very simple. You know, it's just a guitar and a voice. So it's kind of this simple prayer. And it's, um, I think, a, a fitting way to end the album too just coming to Christ just as we are uh, with our all of our foibles and faults and that he loves us and um, he draws us further. So I like that song a lot, uh, but that's a very simple song. Um, and I, you know, it was interesting. After we would record a song, we would all say, that's the best song so far <laughs> on the album. Okay? So we, we so got so unanimous. excited about each song. It, it is really hard to identify um, a, a top one, I think. Father uh, Thomas uh, Joseph White, uh, Father Joseph Hagen, do you guys concur with Father Justin? Because we want to play a song before we end our conversation. We want to play at least part of it, and we're, we want to know what your favorite is on this album. Do you guys agree? Is it the last song on the album? Which one is the most anointed? The I like the last one. I also love the first one, Keep Your Lamps Trimmed. It's just oh, yeah. this so simple catchy. song and just the scripture and the harmonies. It's just it. 
it slices through my heart each time I listen to it. So you totally disagree then with Father Justin then, I see. Well, it's tough for me because yeah. Yeah. I'm not playing drums on either of them. They're kind of like, you know, slower songs. Now, but... Father Joseph, do the spoons count as percussion? Yeah. Is that what they fall in? Oh, or? yeah. If you're hitting something, it's percussion. So. Okay. <laughs> what would be, uh, Father Thomas, what would be like the most catchy, like the most toe-tapping song on the entire album? Oh, I think you could play Jericho Blues. I think that's pretty toe-tapping. Let's do that one. Um, Jericho yeah. Blues. Uh, you, we're, Adrian's going to queue up a little piece of Jericho Blues here. We'll play that. Uh, we're spending the last couple of minutes here with the Hillbilly Thomas. Uh, we're encouraging you to check out their music because I think all proceeds from the sales of the music go to support uh, the the uh, the vocations, right? That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. No? Well, thank you all for being on the program today. We're going to play a little piece here. Jesus Christ, that's the Hillbilly Thomas. Uh, we're linking to their album, but you can find them online at hillbillythomas.com. Uh, fathers, God bless you. God love you all. Thank you for being on our program today. It was a lot of fun having a conversation with all of you. Thank Thanks you so much. Thanks for having Thank us. You. Thank you. Best of luck to hit the top of the bluegrass charts. Uh, that's a pretty cool pretty cool thing to say that you're uh, the dominicans are and charting the tops there monday through friday at the same time stick around for more right catholic drive time next time your favorite catholic radio station don't forget to connect with us just go to facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time again that's facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time be sure to share more than just us today share jesus with everyone you meet bye now and god love you How should I respond to someone who wants to know if I've been saved or born again? Answer with a resounding yes. Tell them that it is through baptism that you are saved, just as the Bible says in 1 Peter 3.20, and that it is through baptism, water and the Spirit, that you are born again, just as the Bible says in John 3, verse 5. Many Protestants believe that they are saved by making a single act of faith at a single point in time in their lives. Nowhere does Scripture say such a thing. Catholics believe that salvation is a process which begins with our baptism and continues throughout our lifetimes, just as the Bible teaches us. Many places in Scripture talk about how one is saved, but not one of them says we are saved by one act of faith at just one point in time. Again, 1 Peter 3.20 says that we are saved by baptism. Hebrews 12.14 says that we will not see the Lord unless we are holy, and that we must strive for this holiness. Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15, it says we must forgive others or we will not be forgiven. Can you attain salvation if God hasn't forgiven you? No. So our forgiving others is necessary for our salvation. John 6 verse 54 says that we will have eternal life by doing something, eating the flesh and drinking the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Matthew 19 verses 16 and 17, Jesus is asked directly what one must do to have eternal life. Did he say, accept me into your heart once and that's it? No. Jesus said to keep 
keep the commandments and you will have life. Yes, as Catholics, we are born again. And as Catholics, we believe that we were saved, as Paul says in Romans 8.24, that we are being saved, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, and that we will be saved, as Paul says in Romans 5, verses 9 and 10, provided we persevere and keep our eyes on the prize. Salvation is a process, just as Catholics believe and just as the Bible clearly teaches. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Uh, Mr. Miyagi, I heard that the GRN is raffling off a 2021 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250. Miyagi loves support Catholic Radio on GRN. Where can you get tickets? Thing called Internet. Go to grnonline.com. One ticket, $25. Five ticket, $100. Drawing in the March 1st. Name drawn March 4th. What are you going to do if you win? Give to you. Practice. Wax on, wax off. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. Good morning to you. It's so good to be on with you. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Uh, we just wrapped up a conversation with the Hillbilly Thomas. Now, mechanically, it was kind of hard to pull off. They were in three different parts of the planet. We were trying to bring them all together, and then we were trying to play some of their music. But it was still a lot of fun, and, and we really enjoyed playing some of their music. It's uh, toe-tapping goodness on a, mon- on a Friday morning. So praise God for that. We'll post that interview by itself uh, later today on uh, YouTube and on Rumble. You can find all the links to where we're posting stuff, as well as I've now broke it down. There's categories, there's video playlists and categories on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. I highly encourage you to go there. You can get the audio podcast of our show there and watch the videos. In addition to, you can get the Father Bill Casey talk, right? So it's still a powerful talk, it's still available. All you have to do is sign up for our email list, and uh, you'll be able to get access to that right away. You're going to like it. The State of the Union, the Church, the Society, it's a powerful talk by Father Bill Casey. grnonline.com forward slash cdt. On this hour, uh, we're very excited to have, we've come to the day. It's the day. It's Friday, where we pull out a winner to our prize pack on our game show. Right, so today is the day. Tiny Saints prize box is what's at stake today. If you would like three chances to get in on that prize and your name might be pulled today, because today we're going to pull the name, then you have to be the first caller, right? So I'm going to give out the number just once so that you, if you want to be like, uh, you know, on the spot and ready to go, well, here's the number. Write it down 877 757 9424. And when I call, when I tell you, you'll have to make the call. I got three questions, three new opportunities to get in on the game show. Of course, Holy Mass will begin at 730, but we stay on for the after show, uh, on live video, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. 
And we would love for you to be a part of that. We're seeing some cool people hanging out with us this morning already. Angelo and Jesus and Monica and Estella and Patty and Lori and, and, and Jesus Robles. I mean, we just see a lot of people. So hang out with us on either all of those platforms, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. You can find the links at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And while you're on the website, make sure you pick up the raffle tickets to the Mercedes. You might win a brand new car. That's kind of cool, too. GRNonline.com. Good morning to you, Emily Alcarez. Good morning, Joe. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. It's Good News Friday, right? Uh, I did put some good news in the headlines. Yeah. <laughs> we should have a day of only good news. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Every day we should have some good news to talk about. Uh, speaking of good news, Adrian Fonseca is here. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. I loved the interview last hour. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. And the music is great. I've been listening to it nonstop for a while. Oh, me too. It's all stuck in my head. Toe tap and goodness on a Friday. Praise God. Uh, The Hillbilly Thomas. So make sure you check out that interview. All right, let's begin with prayer. We're praying for your intentions, of course, including those with our intentions and asking Our Lady to whisper these intentions into the ear of her son that he may bring us uh, ever so more closely and intimately into his most sacred heart. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. The state of Virginia is now poised to abolish the death penalty. The death penalty repeal bill passed the Senate by a 21 to 17 vote on February 3rd. All Democrats voted in favor of the bill and one Republican abstained. Virginia has two people on death row currently, and it has executed 113 people since the 1976 reinstatement of the death penalty, more than any other state except Texas. If the bill becomes law, Virginia would become the first state in the U.S. South to abolish the death penalty. Although Virginia legislators appear set to abolish the death penalty, they have worked to expand legal and financial support for abortion. The White House on Thursday reaffirmed its commitment to funding Planned Parenthood and supporting the Equality Act, a bill opposed by the U.S. bishops. The USCCB has warned that the legislation would entrench the redefinition of marriage and transgender ideology into law. The legislation would establish new classes of protections in a broad range of areas, including public accommodations and facilities, education, federal funding, employment, housing, credit, and the jury system. Thus, people could not be denied access to a number of public goods based on their gender identity. Legal experts told Catholic News Agency that this action would bring a tidal wave of consequences, adversely affecting the privacy of single-sex bathrooms, high school sports, health providers that object to gender transition procedures, and faith-based government contractors. The Australian bishops are speaking out against a bill that infringes on religious freedom. The bishop said that a proposed ban on conversion therapy for sexual orientation or gender identity in Australia's Victoria state is far too broad and could target normal prayer and conversations between children and their parents. In a letter, they wrote, Unfortunately, this bill doesn't just ban outdated and insidious practices of coercion and harm, which we firmly reject, but this bill criminalizes conversations between children and parents. 
interferes with sound professional advice and silences ministers of religion for providing personal attention for individuals freely seeking pastoral care for complex personal situations. The letter was written by both Catholic and Muslim leaders, and it said the bill uses vague definitions, ill-conceived concepts of faith and conversation, and scientifically and medically flawed approaches. Pope Francis is calling human fraternity the challenge of our century. On Thursday, the Holy Father marked the first international day of human fraternity together with the Grand Imam of Al-Azhar, Ahmed El-Tayeb. He spoke about the importance of human fraternity during a 40-minute long online meeting organized by the Higher Committee for Human Fraternity in collaboration with the Vatican's Pontifical Council for Interreligious Dialogue. Pope Francis said, quote, Fraternity does, means to lend a helping hand. Fraternity means respect. Fraternity means listening with an open heart. Fraternity means defending our own convictions because there is no true fraternity if one's own convictions have to be negotiated. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Blessed Elizabeth Conori Mora, pray for us. One of my absolute favorites now. She's she's on my, my hit list of incredible... Uh, blesseds for sure. I learned about her a couple of years ago. I've read a book on her life. It's powerful. You should read a book on her life. It's, it really is good. She was born November 21st, 1774 in Rome, Italy, to a wealthy and noble family. But as a young girl, Elizabeth wanted to give her life to Christ. She wanted to become a bride of Christ and live in a convent for the rest of her days, but her parents had other ideas. And this is something she had to really struggle through. And she gave herself over to the will of God and to the will of her parents because they arranged a marriage for her to a man by the name of Cristoforo Mora on the 10th of January, 1796. She did give herself over to this, and she put herself completely into the vocation of being married. Cristoforo was an attorney, but he became very jealous and controlling and suspicious of Elizabeth's family ties. And finally, resentful and abusive, cold and even indifferent, he, they had four, four kids, but two of them died early. And so the two daughters that uh, were alive, Elizabeth basically raised on her own because Christophora became an adulterer. He would party all night long at the bars and spend the family fortune on the mistress. It became so bad that Elizabeth Conorimora basically had to sell her, her wedding jewelry, her wedding dress. You know, she gave herself over to finding uh, work, side jobs here and there in order to raise her kids and to feed them. But she was a mystic, and she had many ecstasies and apparitions of our Lord, our Lady, the angels. Many prophecies were given to her of the end times, very specific and detailed prophecies of corruption at the highest levels of the church. In fact, you would find cardinals and and, uh, politicians, heads of state, at her doorstep seeking her advice on many issues. But when her husband would come stumbling home from the night's uh, reveling, you know, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning or what have you, she would kick out this cardinal and that politician. My, my, my husband is home. It's time for you to go. And she would care for his needs no matter how abusive he was. She would always respect him. She would teach her daughters to respect him, too, because she knew that there would be nobody to suffer for his conversion unless it was her. And as his 
wife, she gave herself over for his conversion. In fact, she gave herself over as a victim's soul in exchange for his soul. And she would die, and it would be on her deathbed on the 5th of February, 1825, that her husband, Cristoforo, finally, finally gave himself over to Christ and was converted, and he would become a priest in Italy after her passing. She was beatified on the 24th of April, 1994, by Pope St. John Paul II. Blessed Elizabeth Canori Mora, pray for us. The Gospel today comes from Mark chapter 6, verses 14 through 29. King Herod heard about Jesus, for his fame had become widespread. And people were saying, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why mighty powers are at work in him. Others were saying, he is Elijah. Still others, he is a prophet like any of the prophets. But when Herod learned of it, he said, It is John whom I beheaded. He has been raised up. Herod was the one who had John arrested and bound in prison on account of Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip, whom he had married. John had said to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Herodias harbored a grudge against him and wanted to kill him but was unable to do so. Herod feared John, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man, and kept him in custody. When he heard him speak, he was very much perplexed, yet he liked to listen to him. Herodias had an opportunity one day when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his courtiers, his military officers, and the leading men of Galilee. His own daughter came in and performed a dance that delighted Herod and his guests. And the king said to the girl, Ask of me whatever you wish, and I will grant it to you. He even swore many things to her. I will grant you whatever you ask of me, even to half of my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, What shall I ask for? Her mother replied, The head of John the Baptist. The girl hurried back to the king's presence and made her request, I want you to give me at once on a platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was deeply distressed, but because of his oaths and the guests, he did not wish to break his word to her. So he promptly dispatched an executioner with orders to bring back his head. He went off and beheaded him in prison. He brought in the head on a platter and gave it to the girl. The girl, in turn, gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard about it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You ever notice in Mark's Gospel uh, to this point, uh, besides the uh, candle mass readings, which was uh, the presentation in the temple, uh, we've been reading through Mark's Gospel. And up to this point in Mark's Gospel, do you know who the only persons are that recognize Jesus for who he is? The demons. The demons are the only ones who recognize uh, Jesus for who he is. He is the son of the Most High. Is, is he the prophet Elijah? Is he just one of the prophets? Is he John the Baptist? No, he's the son of God. And so far, only the demons are figuring this out. This is not the category of people we want to find ourselves into. But there's also a parallel here to the Old Testament. Esther, in uh, Esther chapter 7, also danced before a king. A king who promised her half of his kingdom. Just make your request. What do you want? It's so incredible. Instead, Esther asked for the saving of the Jews 
shoes. But here, this girl who danced before a king and impressed him and he promised half of his kingdom, she asked for the head of a Jew, John the Baptist. Think about how gruesome that is. Let's ponder today. Let's not be like the girl. Let's not be like the demons. Let's not even be like the king who chose his reputation and the people in front of him rather than justice and rightness. Let's be more like John the Baptist and proclaim Christ has come. Make way to straight and the path. Amen. We'll be right back with a game show. Don't go anywhere. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2, 10 through 11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Fear and Trembling, our Catholic Trivia Game Show here in Catholic Drive Time, where we have a sneaky hidden agenda. You learn a little bit about your faith, maybe something you didn't know before. We have a nice little laugh in the process, but the kicker is we give out prizes, and that's always fun. And today's the day where we pull a winner out of the coffee cup of Divine Providence to give out that prize, but we have three more chances to get into the drawing before that happens. And I do not even ask the caller the questions. I ask Emily. I ask Adrian. One of them will have a right answer, and the other will be wrong. 
and the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to decide who's right, who's wrong, and every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize Tell pack. Tell them what they could win, Emily. This week's sponsor is TinySaints.com. They're giving away a special prize box full of all kinds of goodies. It's got a book, a little plush kitty, and of course their signature keychains that come. They have like a, a keychain of every saint and apparition and Marian title. It's great. All right. Praise be to God. That's uh, coming up here in just a few moments. We're going to be pulling the winner out. But first, let's go to the phones. We want to thank everybody who did try to call in. I didn't even plug the number all that much, and we had callers coming in. So praise be to God. We're very grateful for everyone who tries to be on the game show. If you've never been on before, Monday's a new opportunity with a new prize. So let's uh, just be on standby for that. But Angelo is calling in this morning. Good morning to you, Angelo. Yes, good morning, brother. Good morning. God bless you, Angelo. Thanks for being on our program today. Where are you from? San Antonio, Texas. Nice. Praise be to God. What parish you go to, Angelo? Uh, Holy Name, Catholic Church. Ah, praise God. Now, I understand. You're, are you the Angelo that hangs out with us on YouTube all the time? <laughs> yeah, that would be me. Yeah. Oh, how Hello. cool. Well, it's good, to, it's good to talk to you, Angela. We're very grateful that you've been a part of our uh, Catholic Drive Time morning drive time show. So thanks for doing that. Uh, you're welcome. It's, it's nice to put a, a face with y'all's voices. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, because you, you're a listener, uh, you've been hanging out with us, you know that you can't necessarily trust Emily or Adrian. They will try to fool you. You are aware of that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to have a careful ear, and you know the rules to the game. Are you ready to play, Angelo? Yes, I am. All right, we're going to start with Emily, as is our custom. Now, Emily, are you ready? Yes, I am. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Yes, I'm ready. Here we go. Emily, can you tell me what language did Jesus speak? Um, well, Jesus was a Jew, so I'm going to go with Hebrew. Hebrew is your answer. Yes. Okay. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me what language did Jesus speak? Well, Jesus uh, probably did know Hebrew. Uh, he probably knew a couple of languages, but he definitely knew Hebrew. But his native tongue would have been Aramaic. Aramaic. Uh, very good. Okay. Now, Jesus is God. He probably invented all languages, but we are looking for a specific one here. So... Adrian is on the hook for Aramaic, and Emily is on the hook for Hebrew. Who's right? Who's wrong? 15 seconds on the clock. Angelo, what say you? I would be um, going with um, Adrian. Survey says... Congratulations. There wow. we go. Tricky. That she, was tricky. Emily almost had you, Angelo. She was so close to tricking yeah, on that That was a tricky one. question. Yeah, I mean, uh, he probably knows every language. Yeah, but I he imagine. probably knew, like, they probably, in his earthly, in the earthly sense, he probably knew Hebrew because he had to read the Torah. Yeah. The uh, Passion of the Christ, you might remember that scene of Jesus in front of Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate addresses him in Aramaic, and Jesus responds in Latin, throwing everyone in the room off. It was a beautiful scene. All right, Angelo, are you ready for the next opportunity? You're already in the cup of, of divine providence, so uh, are you ready for the next question? Yes, I am. Adrian, we'll start with you this time. Adrian, can you tell me what is the name given to the mitre adorned with a triple crown and worn by the Pope, or at least used to be? Um, that's a good question. The one worn by the Pope. I'm going to go and say it was the, the papal tiara. The papal tiara. 
Sounds reasonable, but let's see what Emily has to say. Emily, can you tell me what is the name given to the mitre adorned with a triple crown and worn by the Pope? Um, I think it, maybe a Beretta. I'm not sure. A Beretta. Yeah, I think that might be the word for it. Okay, so you're on the hook for Beretta. Adrian is on the hook for the, uh, you said the papal tiara? Yes, sir. Uh, who's right? Who's wrong? 15 seconds on the clock. Angelo, what say you? Um, this is a hard one, but I'm going to lean with Adrian again. You're going to trust Adrian. All right. I survey like says. Woo! Wow. All right. Now, the miter does have three things on the top, uh, does it not? No, the not the miter. I think of the Beretta. Beretta. You said the Beretta, right, yes. Emily? The papal Beretta. The papal Beretta. <laughs> well, actually, so it's interesting. Uh, different orders and different rankings of uh, of your Episcopal office, you will have a different kind of Beretta. Yeah, no that's true. So that's a different kind of hat. But... but the papal tiara, Adrian, really quick, 10 seconds. Why do, is there triple crown in the tiara? Uh, the triple crown, I'm not exactly sure, actually. Is it for the, the, three, the, three, the three hills? <laughs> three, the three hills. Know. There's seven hills in Rome. Seven hills. I don't Come know. Come on. I don't actually know that one. Uh, well, he <laughs> was the ruler of land in the Papal States for sure. So he was a king, earthly king as well as the three meaning the Trinity. So the Papal Tiara, I wish they'd bring it back. But anyway, moving on. All right, Angelo, you get one last chance into the coffee cup of divine providence. And this is a favorite question for, for me personally. I love this. I used to po- uh, host a podcast by this name. We're going to go back to Emily here. Emily, can you tell me, can you give me the Latin words for behold the man. Yes. Um, so man, the you can make that connection with science. Man is homo sapien. So behold the man is ecce homo. Ecce homo is your yes. answer. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me what the Latin words are for behold the man? Um, that's a good question. I'm going to go with hoc est in un corpus meum. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat that because I'll forget halfway through. <laughs> All right, Adrian is on the hook for, for hoc, hoc est inum corpus meum. Inum corpus meum, and uh, Emily is on the hook for ecce homo. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Who's tricking you, Angelo? What say you? Well, actually, Joe, you helped me out with this uh, early in the week because I was uh, commenting about the beautiful statue behind me. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and you said it was uh, actually almost. So I'm going to go with Emily. Wow! That's a good memory. Praise right, be to we God. We did talk about that. Praise be to God. It pays off to uh, to be a part, a, re- a returning ga- a returning listener of this show today. <laughs> well done, Angel. You're a three, three-time uh, perfect score there into the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence. We're very grateful to you, Angela. Now, uh, if it's God's will, your name will be pulled out. But right now, uh, Emily is putting your name on a paper, putting it in there. Now, Emily, you st- got to shake it up. Let's be fair. Let's make sure uh, uh, we m- shake that up really, really well there because yep. we're going to pull out a name. So, Angela, I'll have you hold here. But I just want to prepare you. It-, it could be a disappointment if she doesn't pull your name out there. Don't hold it against her, though. Uh, she doesn't mean anything by it. But, we still uh, love you, though. God's providence. It is the coffee cup of divine providence. Yes, it so is. So God's will be done in pulling the name out. We love all of the contestants that called in this week. We had a lot of fun uh, hanging out with all of them. But do you have a name, Emily? I do. Uh, are you sure? Yes. So our winner is Alicia. Oh, Our caller Alicia. from earlier. Who stumped me yesterday. Yeah, she turned it around and asked she you did. a question. She, she was did. funny. She did. Well, Angelo, <laughs> I'm sorry it was not God's will, but uh, God love you. We're so grateful you're a part of our program today. 
God bless y'all too. Love you too. Thank you so much. Have a great day, Angelo. God bless you. God love you. God love your family as well. All right, that's going to do it for the radio side of our program today. Uh, the Holy Mass will begin airing in probably a couple of minutes from now at 7.30. Uh, so if you're able to go to Holy Mass and listen across the Guadalupe Radio Network, we would uh, love for you to include us in your in prayer intentions for that Mass. That'd be awesome. We certainly do pray for you. Uh, we have a Divine Mercy Chaplet every day in the 3 o'clock hour. We pray for your intentions as a radio network. We also uh, include you personally in our intentions. We pray at the beginning of each of our hours as well. So please do include us. Well, we're going to stay on Facebook video and on YouTube video and on um Twitter video, and we'd love to hang out with you there. If you have questions or comments about anything on the show, you can add them there, and we'll actually read them and uh, hang out with you. We'll talk about all the stuff we discussed. Plus, there's a couple of uh, uh, topics in the news that I might uh, go into reading a little bit more about. There was that uh, lawsuit out of uh, New York and the Vatican. Plus, there's this uh, situation of the Laudate app that was very dis- is, you know, very concerning. But we may discuss that and whatever else comes up in the after show. Do us a favor. Go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And uh, make sure you uh, get the audio podcast of our program and share that widely. Uh, all of our social platform links are linked up there. We're posting to Rumble as a way to sort of try to overcome some of the the uh, algorithmic woes that we've faced over the past year on YouTube. It's really been, uh, we used to have a great, we had a great momentum going at the beginning of 2020, and then we got crushed by YouTube, and it's been downhill ever since. Also, we're, we're considering doing a uh, sort of a weekly Bible study of sorts, a review of the Sunday Gospels during the Holy Season of Lent, based on the commentaries that we use here on the program. And if that's something that you think you'll get a lot out of, well, we'd love to have you part of that. Make sure you sign up to our email list. Now, if you pull out your cell phone right now and you text the letters GRN to the number 42828, 42828, just text GRN to 42828, you'll be able to join the Catholic Drive Time email list, and we'll update you and inform you. And just say thank you for allowing us the privilege of harassing you in your email inbox. We're going to give you that free talk from Father Bill Casey, the State of the Union, the Church, and Society. You're going to get a lot out of that. I encourage you to check that out, if not for that alone. But there's going to be a lot more special content that we'll send through our email list, so we encourage you to jump on that. You can also go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt to get on that email list. And while you're on the website, make sure you buy those car raffle tickets, the Mercedes. We're giving it away in the first week of March. You could be driving a brand new Mercedes. Wouldn't that be cool? grnonline.com. All right, that's going to do it today and the week. We're so very grateful to our show sponsor, our our game prize sponsor, Tiny Saints Prize Box. God love you. Thank you for doing that. We're so grateful to you. Next week starts a new week with a new prize pack, new opportunities on Monday. So we'll hope you join us for that. 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. The After Show is next and the Holy Mass. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
Welcome to the After Show on uh, Catholic Drive Time, where we get a little more uh, casual, I would say. Uh, praise God. Great show today. Emily. Oh, yeah, that was super fun. It was a little tricky having the so many guests on at the same time. But, man, it was super worth it. Was it. it was worth it, though. Yeah. They were super cool. I think we should have them on again. Yeah, I, I, I really kind of wish we could do the whole interview with him all over again. We um, can. Just because <laughs> I think we could do a better job of it on what, round two. What if we do one at a time and have the whole band no, on? I but. still think we could have a great conversation with the three of them. I just think we needed to organize ourselves a little better in the process. But uh, ultimately, it didn't matter because the, the music's a lot of fun. And they're you know, three uh, joyful Dominican priests sharing their love for bluegrass music and their faith. Uh, so it was a winner nonetheless. Praise Definitely. God. Yeah. Yeah. Joaquin, uh, Joaquin on, uh, on Facebook asked, uh, what did Adrian say in Latin? It sounded convincing. <laughs> I said, hoc es inum corpus meum, which is the words of consecration yeah. the priest says in Latin. So it's this, behold, this, this is my body, uh, which is interesting because if you actually go to the place of, um, of the Annunciation, it actually says hic es inum corpus meum. Like, like here is where the body is, is my body. Fun fact. Uh, so interesting. Fun fact. Did you know that the word, the term hocus pocus came from a uh, from uh, the words of consecration in Latin? Yeah, it was the French uh, were mocking the uh, the Latin mass and saying, "Oh, you're you're just doing this hocus pocus and making and making bread turn into Jesus." And so they were mocking the mass by saying instead of hocus inum corpus meum is hocus pocus, yeah. which is a, a mockery of the mass. Yeah. So next time you say that, uh, think twice. <laughs> Angelo says on uh, YouTube, "That was fun. Congrats to the winner." Uh, boy, he has got a good attitude. He, his name wasn't even pulled out of the cup. We <laughs> <laughs> have the winner on, on the air online. Alicia, good morning. Well, congratulations. You are the winner. Good morning. Thank you. Yeah, It's God. so good to hear you again, Alicia. How are you doing? Very well. I always win when I win. <laughs> yes, you do. She's a winner. And you were nervous. Remember, you were like, I don't know. And you got all three questions right. And you're the winner. Right. I mean, praise God. God blessed you abundantly this week. And and even Angelo yeah, congratulated the, you. The second question, I even didn't know the meaning of the word. Uh, well, you still got it, you still though. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alicia, the, the prize comes with some, uh, like a teddy bear and books for children. Do you have some kids that you can give this to? I have two grandkids. Oh, two wonderful. grandkids. They're going to love it. They're going to love it. Right. Yeah, praise God. Well, congratulations. So pick it up? We will send it to you. We'll have the sponsor send it directly to your house. Okay, great. So what's going to happen is uh, I'm going to put you back on hold, and Adrian will get your email or your we'll get your home address. Your so home we can address send it to you. and okay. off of air. Don't give it to us now, and uh, and then we'll I have know. the we'll have Tiny Saints Prize Box mail it directly to mm -hmm. you, That's or right. or maybe to your grandkids or however you wish. But we'll, Adrian will work that out with you off air. Yes, thank you very much. All right, God, God bless you. you. God love you, Alicia. Congratulations again. That's lots of fun. Uh, Lori on Facebook says, uh, thanks for asking that, Joaquin, because she wanted to know that, too. Oh. Sounded very convincing. You see how Adrian tr fools you? He sounds convincing, right? But uh, <laughs> it's surface level. It, it's, it's, all, surface it's all about level. confidence. It's, it's all about confidence. <laughs> <laughs> Except for when he feels pity for a caller, then he throws the question wildly. Well, you know, it just depends. <laughs> you know, if I hear children in the background, then I'm like, okay. He's got a soft fine. heart. Fine. <laughs> 
So, yeah, that's hilarious. That's so funny. Uh, so, of course, uh, our buddy Jesus Robles, uh, it's his Eche Homo behind me that we were talking about this week. Yes. That totally right. gave it away for Angelo. Eche Homo. <laughs> so I produced a uh, podcast. I started podcasting in 2005, reading the Sunday Gospel, uh, until the USCCB sent us a letter of cease and desist. That was fun. Um, and, then, uh, and, then, uh, and then I produced a podcast called The Catholic Hack. Uh, which is where I got the Catholic hack. So if you want to follow me on Twitter or on Gab, Gab.com, you can find me by looking for Catholic hack, H-A-C-K, all one word. So I produced a show called The Catholic Hack, and it was being picked up by the Catholic Channel out of New York on satellite. They were picking up some of my interviews and playing them. And then uh, a, a, a wonderful woman out of the Brooklyn area was taking my shows and repurposing some of that content for programming that she was doing all over Latin America and in Florida and uh, when that happened, I sort of switched my format to a radio-style format on the podcast, and I began to, I renamed it the Behold the Man. Um, and then I got a, a call from a Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, because he had a television show on EWTN called Behold the Man, and he wanted to know why I stole the title of his show. And, uh, and that started a great friendship with the incredible dynamic Deacon, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. So I love Ece Homo. I love that, and uh, I especially appreciate Jesus Robles' statue behind us, uh, the, the uh, scourge Jesus. It's so powerful of an image. All right, what else? Uh, anything else on the show today, uh, Emily, that uh, really stood out to you? Um, did you want to talk about some of the headlines? We could. I do. Uh, before I wanted to get uh, sad and negative on a Friday, I just thought maybe there's anything else more positive. No, no negative news. It's no, Friday. Like, it's Friday. The Super Bowl. So are you guys going to watch the Super Bowl? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I thought we were avoiding negativity. <laughs> That's right. Is there anybody in our audience listening to us right now, hanging out with us, that also it will be that does plan to watch the Super Bowl? Or I guess you could tell us no, you don't want to. One way or the other, is Super Bowl on your agenda? I'd love to know. Comment Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Just hey, Sue says no Super Bowl. No <laughs> Super Bowl. Uh, Angelo says, wow, hearing her joyful voice has made my day. Angelo, you're so Praise awesome. God. Praise God. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us. Of course, Monica on YouTube says she loved the Hillbilly Thomas. Her family loves bluegrass music, so I'm so very excited to share this band with my with my family. God bless you all. It's toe-tapping, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. feel-good, toe-tapping music, and it's better. It's even better that they're Dominican friars. In my opinion. I mean, that's the best part. It's just, <laughs> what I find incredible is that it's a, this mixture of Catholic culture and American culture, which is so unique. I mean, bluegrass music and, and Roman Catholicism are, like, so different, but, you know, the culture is just an epic crossover. So I, I actually put together a little piece uh, about a minute long of a mashup of all their uh, songs. To, like, you're going to hear about five seconds of almost all their songs. Let's, and I, let's hear it. Come to my assistance, Lord, come to my help. Waiting for you to lead me by the hand. I heard the voice of Jesus say, Truth is the very best medicine. It's time to get real and get saved. Story. I hope in his promises when I'm dead Give me 
That kind of drink. Urban bluegrass and the Bible. That's funny. I have to say, uh, the bourbon bluegrass in the Bible is the, probably the most catchy tune, I thought. Okay, oh, the catchy. lyrics are spectacular, though. I love the lyrics to that song. They're really profound, actually. Uh, Susan says, I'm for Buffalo. I'll cook, but no way I'll watch that. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesus says it's going to be completely politicized. Yeah, I mm, think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Ra- Raquel. Oh, a new, a new name here. Praise God. Thanks for being on the show today. Raquel says, only Super Bowl food, wings and pizza. I am down I for agree. that. I agree. That sounds great. And on Facebook, I mean, on YouTube, I'm sorry, uh, Angelo said, no, no. And, uh, <laughs> and our friend Jennifer said, uh, not watching the Super Bowl, but we will have a Super Bowl party, in quotes, uh, with food or an annual family uh, paper football tournament. <laughs> paper <Wow>. football. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Praise God. I wonder how they're, are they, are they letting fans in the stadium? How are they doing that? I have no yeah, idea. I, I think that they, because they were doing for the other games, mm-hmm. was they were having uh, a shrink, a less amount of of uh, fans in the stadium. So that's probably what they're going to do for the Super Bowl as well. I used I to, to uh, li- having li- spent 10 years in New England, I was uh, a you know, Patriots fan. And uh, so back in the day when we were, were watching Super Bowls, um, I would always have to like, we, we, we killed cable television from my house like years ago. Mm-hmm. So we don't have cable television. But we would, you could stream it. So we were streaming it and then I'd have to switch it uh, off for commercials. Because commercials can be terribly scandalous to young eyeballs and ears and, and whatnot. So we were always having to, I was always having to be Johnny on the spot. Because every time there was like a, you know, a foul or a flag on the field or, you know, whatever, they were switching to commercials. So I was always trying to beat the commercials in and out. It was kind of a, a gymnastic sport all by itself. Angelo says, uh, guess, uh, a suggestion for a guest, David Kaufman, beautiful singer-writer. Thanks, Angelo. Praise oh, God. We'll, we'll write that down. I think I met David. Oh. Is he from San Antonio, Angelo? I think I've met him. I spoke at the San Antonio Catholic Men's Conference twice. Once was 2010, and I think that's when I met David. Uh, I think he was playing the music that year. If I'm, I could be mistaken, but I think I met him. Now, praise, praise God. what do you two think about this? I got an email Uh-oh. yesterday that a church was switching their mass times to work around the Super Bowl. Oh, oh my come God. on. I thought we were avoiding negative come news on. right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> That was funny when Father Justin was using that uh, sort of that New England Boston accent. Come on, Father. That was a good <laughs> accent. Yeah. Are you related to the Whitey Bolger? That, like, ouch. <laughs> you know that, that hurts. was that was a thing when I was in the novitiate. All the brothers were from the Northeast. Yeah. And a couple of them from Tennessee, but the vast majority were from the North. And uh, they all had funny accents. And I was like, I was like, y'all, why yeah. do y'all have all these funny accents? They're like, dude, you're the one with the weird accent. Here. <laughs> Ever seen uh, Bing Crosby and Going, going My, My Way? Going My Way, the little kid. Fada. Yeah. Yeah, that's Fada. what I was going to say. Fada. Yeah, that was great. We like that shit. We like that. Listen, Fada. <laughs> Listen, Fada. Yeah, that was great. I always think of uh, of Rocky Balboa whenever yeah. he goes, uh, Hey, yo, Fada, I was hey, wondering if you yo. could uh, throw, throw down a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Mike Romano, who also does the voice for our game show, does those voices for our spots. Hey, yo, Adrian. Angelo said yes from San Antonio. Yeah, praise wow. God. Yeah, he, yeah, he'd be a great guest. We should, we should book him. 
Uh, it'd be nice to show. You know, one of the things I used to do on my the Catholic Hack podcast and the Behold the Man podcast was I was always trying to showcase Catholic musicians. You know, I live in a city where there is a major, major, huge, uh, ooch. It's bigly. You've never seen this kind of bigly. Uh, Protestant radio station that that plays contemporary praise and Mm -hmm. worship music. I mean, this station is well known around the country for what it's. It's that large. But they rarely play any Catholic musician. Unless you're Matt Marr, uh, you don't get played very often. And so I was always trying to showcase these Catholic musicians to say, hey, there's a wonderful opportunity, and we actually play a program on the Guadalupe Radio Network on Saturdays called We Sing Our Faith that actually does that. It highlights Catholic musicians, because they don't get enough. But the problem that I had on the podcast was we were moving in a time, this was 2009, where copyright laws were really going into, starting to go into overdrive, especially on digital platforms like YouTube. And uh, it became very, uh, very crazy to try to play music, which is why we were trying to ask around before we could play the Hillbilly Thomas, because we just weren't sure, like, is there is there content being protected by these these three uh, mafios? I mean, these three or these three organizations that manage copyrights. Um, just saying. Uh, but as far as we know, they said no. That we, they gave us permission. I guess we'll find out if the lawsuit comes in. <laughs> Uh, direct your lawsuits to Adrian Fonseca. Uh, <laughs> care of his personal address. Anyway, I love um, how I love how Father pointed out that because we as Catholics we don't just have to produce liturgical music. Like producing music in other uh, genres with a Catholic influence is a very healthy pastime, especially when like other pastimes. It's way better than spending your time on social media or something like that. So. We need more good Catholic music, not less. Yeah, and the yeah. Friars, the Eastern Province Dominicans, also produces liturgical music. So you can go and find their Christmas album, yeah. which is a bunch of liturgical Christmas music and a bunch of other for their uh, for the 800th anniversary or the uh, 800th anniversary of the Dominican Friars. They produced a collection of Dominican music, so they have a lot of liturgical music as well. Um, but yeah, as Emily said, I think it's absolutely wonderful, especially bluegrass music and old Western country music. There was always a sense of the sacred there, like the, even though a lot of the people who wrote the songs uh, were sinners and they admitted it they were sinners it was always about a struggle between you know I, my flesh wants me to do something evil but I know what is what is wrong uh, and it's classic with I Walk the Line with Johnny Cash and things like that yeah yeah I love that like southern Catholic culture it's so like Flannery O'Connor that kind of thing it's so fascinating because like that's the Bible Belt you know and to mm. see that um, sort of Protestant culture, but made Catholic, it's really interesting. Well, there was one of the songs in that little mashup of yours that, boy, I as soon as I heard it, I was having flashbacks to when I was in the Church of Christ as a, growing up as a kid. I mean, it sounded exactly like the, the voice of Jesus. No, that's, that's not the one. one. Of my that wasn't no, the that's one. That's not it. Yeah, I can't. I can't tell you the. I've I heard don't that know. In Catholic masses. But when I heard it, I was like, oh my heavens! That I, I was. I was in the red brick church building all over again. Now, I was a part of the Church of Christ branch that does not have instruments. Uh, there's two branches, one that says instruments aren't evil, and then there's one that says instruments are evil. Uh, so I was in the non-instrument branch, and we only had hymnals, and everybody sang a cappella, and boy, that was fun, um, especially if you couldn't sing well. But uh, there was a song that just totally reminded me of that s- sort of style, even though the hillbillies obviously had... Uh, the hillbillies. The hillbilly Thomas obviously You know what's crazy about the, the Dominican musicians? The, the hillbilly Thomas? is that they're all actual Thomists. Like Father Thomas Joseph yes. White has a uh, PhD in philosophy, Thomistic philosophy, and has written a book on the uh, on 
Thomistic Christology, an introduction uh, that's studied, and he teaches at the Angelicum in Rome, and the other brothers that we yeah. had on were both had master degrees in philosophy. This is so. just a <laughs> hobby. They're full-time geniuses. <laughs> full-time <laughs> geniuses. That's great. <laughs> uh, all right. Praise be to God. A few minutes left in our conversation on a Friday. I did mention that I would bring this up, but uh, this new... $125 million complaint that was filed against the Vatican and New York uh, New York uh, Archdiocese. It's kind of a big news. The lawsuit names New York Cardinal Timothy Dolan, the Archdiocese of New York, the Pontifical North American College, the U.S. Seminary in Vatican City, the NAC Rector, Illinois Priest Father Peter Harmon, the NAC Vice Rector, Washington, D.C. Priest Father Adam Park, and others as shocking allegations of clerical misconduct and cover-up revealed in graphic detail. There's another scandal in the church. We pray uh, for all that are involved and the uh, and uh, that justice be served and that clarity will come forth. But, uh, boy, um, you know, I was just thinking the other day, we haven't heard much about scandals in the church in a while. <laughs> like, it's been really, really quiet. And I'm thinking, is this good? I the mean, McCarrick like... Report? I, well, the McCarrick Report's been out a long That's time. That's like two years ago. I mean, no, no, the, the McCarrick the, Report came out, what, a couple months four ago. or five months ago oh, now. Oh, the report, the report, yeah. But the McCarrick Scandal's right. over two years old now. But, I mean, in general, you're not seeing a lot of headline news besides financial scandals right. about these types of issues. Mm -hmm. So when this hit, it was like, oh, I mean, like, there goes the, the period of peace and silence, But I guess. it's good because it needs to come to light. Yeah. It's well, much better this way. Yeah, again, let's uh let's pray for justice to be served in 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 God's will uh, to be uh, to be served in these situations for sure, but boy, it's a big 125 million is not That's small huge. change. Ellen on uh Facebook on Catholic Drive Time said, "Thanks for having the Hillbilly Thomist on. I love their music." Yeah, praise God. Thank you for hanging out with us, Ellen and Susan. Uh we love to see you guys comment. Joaquin, of course, is as uh has been on the comment box several times. And Raquel, I, again, thanks for commenting. I think uh, it's the first time I've seen Raquel comment. Have you guys? No, I don't I've think seen I have. Her, yeah. Oh, okay. you have. Oh, Maybe God. she's on the Guadalupe page. But yeah, I've been mm -hmm. sort of keeping an eye. We're, we're, and we're Chris is here as usual. We're Chris. spread pretty thin on the social media platforms. There's there's a lot of platforms to cover. Yeah, today had a lot of spinning plates. I wasn't able to comment as much as I used to mm -hmm. uh, usually do. Um, all right, so a couple minutes left. I haven't even checked. Let's check. Tw let's check the Twitters again. You not, probably have nothing. Nothing on Twitter. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Twitter is not geared towards long form content. Yeah, it's just not the right kind of content for Twitter. Uh, wow. Uh, interesting. All right. Well, praise God. You noticed? Um, have you guys noticed any uh, links to articles being deleted on Facebook? Uh, no. I'm not seeing any of the links I posted on uh, the, the Catholic Drive Time side of Facebook today. I posted them, and they're gone. Hmm. That's interesting. Or at least I'm not seeing them I right see now. the Hillbilly Thomist one. I see. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay, good. Because right now, I don't see them at all, so I don't know what that's about, but I'm glad they're still there. Praise I think it's God. just. I think it's just your Facebook. I think Facebook targeted you. Speaking of Father Brian Milady, a Dominican, is uh, saying Mass right now live on Facebook, so if you want to hang out with him, you can do that. But uh, we're going to wrap up here for the weekend. We're very grateful that you're part of Catholic Drive Time. We would encourage you to share us widely with your friends and your family to help us grow our audience and our reach. And uh, if you're on YouTube, that like button is a powerful way to help us. The share button, commenting, 
that helps us to overcome the algorithm problems. Uh, we have way more subscribers than people who watch because the algorithm isn't showing our content to our subscribers. So the like, the share, these are important things to us. Uh, also on Facebook, commenting and sharing, watch parties, all that could really help us out. Uh, Twitter, I guess I'm giving up on you. I'm just going to give I don't even know what to do with you anymore. But if you want links to all of our social platform posts, Rumble, we're posting there on the Gloria TV, on LinkedIn, and all that stuff. I'm posting on Gab. You can find that at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Full lineup next week. Looking forward to it. God love you. God bless you. Have a great weekend. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.